0: Season 3 of The Expanse has officially started, and we are here on the Crash Couch to talk about it with uh, kind of a new crew this time around, so uh, here we go. Hey everybody, and welcome back to The Crash Couch. I am your normal host, Chris McGuffin, and... This season, we have a new crew joining us. Um, so we'll just. Uh, all of us aren't here today, actually, this time. So uh, we'll probably have to do introductions for the next couple episodes. But today, uh, I have Laura. Hi. So you might recognize her voice. She was on the show last summer uh, after season two finished. Um, we have Joel. Hi, guys. This doesn't look like my uh, my normal bar. Where am I at, at actually? Uh, am I in the <laughs> right place? <laughs> yeah, Joel does the uh, sci-fi podcast on the Win Nerds Attack Network. So if you listen to that, then you might also recognize his voice. And since I'm here anyways, I may as well have a drink. I think that's the fair thing to do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you could be a, like Drummer in this episode when she was talking to... Uh, Johnson and she said, Can I at least finish my drink first? (laughs) Absolutely. Great, and finally, we have our fearless leader from Wind Nerds Attack Podcast Network, Mr. Ernie Garcia.
1: Hey, everybody, I like Prax, am new to this show and also the Expanse fandom, but I have the body of Amos, so just want to let (laughs) let everybody know.
0: Oh boy, I can already tell this is going to be interesting. <laughs> so just a little bit of a background um, on, on where we're coming from. Everyone knows my history with The Expanse, but uh, Laura is pretty much a super fan. She has read the novels, she watches the TV show, she tweets every Wednesday, so that's what you can expect uh, yeah, from her.
2: even when it's, like, not on just every yeah. Wednesday, like, oh god, she's shouting again. <laughs> Joel, I've written like two school papers, too, about The Expanse. They're like, please stop
0: that, Laura. (laughs) Hey, I mean, whatever works.
2: I got A's, so.
0: Um, Joel is actually the former uh, runner of the Crash Couch Twitter, so that's his background. He doesn't watch the show, do you, Joel? You're just Uh. here. Yeah, I'm just here. I, I don't know where am I at
3: again. Uh, listen, this uh, Marvel Infinity movie is gonna be great. I can tell you that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> actually, yeah, I was uh, Twitter was a pro- provocateur for a bit there. Uh, mm-hmm. Listen, I'm just happy to be here. And uh, you yeah, pass the bear nuts, please. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and finally, as uh, as he already said, Ernie is brand new to the uh, to the expanse and its and its fandom. He actually just finished. Uh, watching Season 3, Episode 1, for the first time a few hours ago, right?
1: Well, it was like three. I watched four episodes today, so they all kind of run in together for me. But yeah, Mm -hmm. about an hour and a half ago, I just finished and caught up. So I've got a lot to talk about.
0: All right. Well, um, before we get into this episode discussion, uh, I wanted to just give a quick thank you to Lou and Andrea um, for their time on the show. Obviously, Lou is the... uh, is the uh, what, well, he was the old man uh, in the crew? Um, been with me since episode one, and I just want to thank him and uh, Andrea too because she she stepped up when we needed it a third host. And um, even though we didn't get a whole lot of episodes together, what we did get was good content. And uh, I just want to make sure that you know we get that out there that this show wouldn't exist without those two. So um, yeah, that's really all I have to say about that. Okay, um. Chris, just a little, I want to clarify. I might be
3: old, but I'm not as old as Lou. <laughs> <laughs> hey, and you're both bald. The, so <laughs> there you go.
2: The old man now.
0: <laughs> Great. I got that title in a lot of different places in my life. Okay. <laughs> um, so before we get into discussion, uh, I just want to get, since you are new to the series, Ernie, I just want to get your general thoughts uh, about season one and two and kind of what you thought of it.
1: Uh, it felt like a uh, like you were in a race car and it just kept going faster and faster and faster. Uh, I'm actually really amazed at how they handle politics, where it's super complicated, but enough that you understand. I love the science in it. I like the realism of, of the show. Uh, the show just, you know, to me, uh, like I can relate to every character, especially Alex, um, but one of the coolest things I think in this show, I think it it has a message to us as well, and it's kind of a reminder of what humans can do to other humans, and sometimes we just need to kind of talk things out and, and 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 go with it, but man, this the this, this show is amazing. The action is great. I love it. I uh, kind of think it looks like submarine warfare to me because you you don't have any windows like we would see in star wars or star trek so i love it it's a great show
0: perfect yeah you 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 nailed it there <laughs> that's really deep <laughs> yeah the, yeah end of episode guys ernie just covered it all <laughs> next time that's
2: all i was gonna say
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right so let's just go right into it uh we had the premiere uh this past wednesday Uh, It was uh, called Fight or Flight. And uh, the synopsis is that the Rosanate crew deals with the fallout over Naomi's betrayal while caught in the middle of the war between Earth and Mars. And Avasarala and Bobby hatch an escape plan. And for those of you that don't remember from season two, um, Naomi gave the protomolecule to Fred Johnson. And... Avasarala and Bobby were escaping from somewhere. Mal's I don't ship. know exactly where it was because it's been a while. But do you um, remember Ernie? It was it was or, just
1: Mal's ship. Uh, that's all I really knew.
0: Okay, okay. Yeah. yeah, that's they were. That's where they're getting ready because, um, as we see in this, they're having some uh, uh, missile projectiles fired at them, so they kind of have to get away. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, I think they're trying to get out, and then missiles happen. So. It just suddenly they had to get out very fast.
0: Mm -hmm. All right. So before we get into like more details, what did you guys think of the premiere? How did this kind of hold up to the other um, premieres for you?
2: It really like hit the ground running. There, it did not feel like a premiere. Mm -hmm. It felt like like a mid season finale or something. Like it was just go just all go nonstop, and then it just ended on them like trying to outrun missiles like it was intense
1: yeah Mm -hmm. i I agree with laura because uh i mean i just watched the season end of season two and then went into episode of season three episode one and it felt like seamless to me um it was just go 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 and went even further from the way season two ended so that was a perfect way to describe it, Laura.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's been several months, obviously, since like I've, since we left off with the end of season two. Or since I did. But, <laughs> yeah. I mean, so like to just jump right back in there, it was... I mean, I loved it. Because... I love the pace that it's at right now where we kind of have already settled like who's who and like what the politics are. So we can kind of get more into the action without Mm -hmm. laying down the groundwork. And yeah, now that they've got that, like that foundation, they are really just going hard. Yeah.
3: I thought what about you? I found the tension was amazing. I like, I don't remember that this much tension in this part of the book, and to yeah. me it's like it was just building and building and building and, and it made for great TV uh, saying that uh, the CGI of uh, of the the yacht wasn't the best in my opinion I think it's like okay it's TV they don't have a huge budget but to me I'm all about the drama I'm all about the actors actually acting so that's mm-hmm. what I really right. care about so I actually quite enjoy this uh, this this episode I think it's a great way to kick off season three
0: mm-hmm when i was watching this I, w- I was thinking of how i reacted to uh the season two premiere which i believe was two hours or, or maybe it might have been an hour and a half or something around that but that did a, a lot more set up because at that time we were introduced to bobby and and kind of a, a different like character character arc and this, you know, we didn't have any introductions. We didn't have any, you know, setup. We just were, like, thrown right into it. And, yeah, they did kind of a little bit of a, um, a hidden or, or subliminal, subliminal uh, recap. Um, you know, kind of, you know, they were talking about uh, how Aaron Wright was pretty much being a dick. Let's just say it what it is. And uh-huh. how... Um, you know, reminding viewers that Naomi gave over the proto molecule, and you know, you know stuff like that. Um, but you know, aside from that, we just like got right into the story, and I think that is really beneficial for this season because I, you know, maybe you guys feel differently, but I feel like the show is finally getting the more mainstream, more uh, well-known appeal that it's not just you know, some random show on the sci-fi channel, it's like actual, you know, quality television that just happens to be on the sci-fi channel. And the the fact that we were able to start, you know, right in and get right into it and not have to worry about, you know, an episode or even just like 10-15 minutes of, of buildup um, or reminding viewers where you left off, I think that shows that the expanse is, is willing to maybe start taking some risks with its with itself, and not you know worry about well you know are we going to get another season or you know are the viewers really latching on or is the press really latching on, um, yeah I, I you know I, I think we're finally at that point where you know it's found its footing and it just it's just going to go right on from here.
1: Yeah, and I totally I hope agree. So because uh, I, I think. It all kind of goes into the writing as well because there's a moment. Well, even you know, just the Rossi crew itself is is not doing anything except repairing their ship, but there's a lot of tension between all of them, and uh, even the fact that they decide to go with Naomi's plan to go back to Fred Johnson, they all kind of reluctantly agree with her until Holden comes in with a new plan. But just even mm-hmm. that tension alone made the episode feel tense. Aside from Alvar Alva Sarala and Bobby. And, and by the way, you guys didn't mention Bobby kicking some ass in that Mars suit. Come on.
2: Right. Hey, well, I listen, was waiting uh, for the right God. moment because um, I'm going to have to spend a lot of time. It's just going to be shouting.
3: <laughs> listen, let me weigh in on this, okay? It's amazing what happened in this episode because the coffee maker went down. And without coffee, okay, everything goes for a sh- uh, Well goes bad let's just say that okay you need a good coffee machine working so that's the problem with when everyone's just down in the dumps i don't care about the portrayals the politics where's the coffee
2: okay mm-hmm. so it's a little off topic i'm sorry i work at i work at a coffee shop and today our espresso machine broke down and that's all i was thinking about today <laughs> <laughs> just watching have- this like Thirty thousand dollar espresso machine, like over my head, and just smashing it on the counter. Did you find yourself telling everybody to try
1: tea? (laughs) (laughs) Like, sorry,
2: guys, need to try it. I drank some tea, and nope, still wanted to smash it.
1: (laughs)
0: That's funny. You know, I do want to talk about the uh, the main crew here for a minute because. Even though I feel like not a whole lot happened in terms of like time, we get some really important developments because you know here Naomi is just made this really controversial to say the least um, decision, and the crew just found out about it, and here she is saying, "Hey guys, we need to do this. Like this is the best plan." And you know while I'm watching this, I'm like in the back of my mind thinking, "Okay, maybe this." Isn't like I don't know how much I would trust her
2: at this moment. Like
0: I know you've been, you know, good in the past, but like you just made a huge error on, you know, that put not just our lives in jeopardy, but probably a lot of others too. And I'm like, should we really, you know, go to Tycho Station? Because I mean it's hard to tell what you know, for all we know, Fred Johnson could have like put her up to it and you know, it just I I I I, I feel like With that... Well, go ahead, Laura.
2: Oh, I was just kidding. I think it is something that, like, really resounded with a lot of people. The way it did, like, really affect the Rossi crew a lot. Because throughout the the show, Naomi's kind of been the rock. You can always rely on her to be making the best decisions. And then she made this one that just no one likes just does not feel right and so it feels it feels very wrong it feels it, especially wrong because she's not supposed to be the one that makes decisions like these
3: yeah and, and and naomi is a person who doesn't trust the opa yeah because no one knows her backstory yet right or very little of her backstory like you can't trust you know, fred johnson
2: yeah so, yeah and it,
3: and it's her who actually gave Fred Johnson this super weapon oh yeah. wow that's a betrayal or that's yeah. a sudden opposite you know behavior pattern despite mm-hmm. the fact that she's a bolter
1: and don't forget too that uh she's kind of burning bridges one by one by one uh she kind of burned a bridge with Amos when she uh you know put the sedative you know in him uh last season so already Amos is feeling weird. So it's just more tension upon tension between each and every crew member.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're exactly right. And, too, we have to remember that, uh, you know, she had her little relationship with Holden. And then now that's, you know, on in hot water. And, like, I just, I, I part of me feels for her because, I mean, imagine being in that kind of situation where you just made a crucial, like, universe galaxy changing decision but then you like uh, you have that to worry with in the back of your mind but like in the foreground you have you know your crew members that you know some you've known for a while some you've been romantically involved with some like Prax have have come on more recently and then you have to deal with the fallout from that like it's, it's gotta be you know stressful for her and you know she got to the point where she was like hey you know we go to Tycho Station you never have to see my face again like that was yeah. that was huge for me because I'm like, you know, you're in, in in trouble whenever you have to say something like that to what I would say is your friends.
2: Yeah, I also like. I know this was a bad decision on her part, but I still kind of feel like the Rossi would not function entirely without her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you still like practically. Yeah.
3: Yeah, can, can she? Yeah, can she fix the coffee machine?
2: <laughs> I, I'm sure. Yeah, <laughs> she's an engineer,
3: right? She's a smart yeah. woman, yeah. obviously. Okay, with tons of degrees out there, <laughs> fix the coffee maker. It would make <laughs> everyone happier.
2: Exactly. Like build build that bridge.
1: And also, it kind of shows too a little bit. Uh, you know, everybody trusts Holden. Holden is just everybody knows that he's trying to make the right decision. But once Holden kind of threw out his plan, everybody was on with him. It was almost like Holden needed to get a hold of his crew, like, back focused because they were betrayed, essentially, you know, by Naomi, who they all love and trust. But that that was damaged. And so Holden kind of getting his his moment again and throwing that that plan was just such a, like, oh, man, I fist pumped. I, I was by myself and I fist pumped. <laughs>
3: Wait, wait, wait. Jim Horton showing some uh, leadership my god it's about time we're in season 3 for god's sake
2: <sighs> he's trying to remember how Naomi put it like when she was in charge of the ship while he was on well Holden was on Eros with Miller
0: mm-hmm.
2: where she says that he can have the command back and I think I'm thinking of the books, actually. But either way, just Holden's able to just make decisions without thinking too much about it. And that's mm-hmm. basically why he's captain. <laughs> Not because he's, like, the smartest or the most capable. He's just mm-hmm. just reckless enough to be able to just make those hard decisions.
3: Yeah. And he does it instinctively. It's who he is. He's a genuine, honest person in all aspects. When he makes a decision, it might be a really bad decision, but he makes it without hesitation.
2: Exactly. So he's leading them somewhere, but his intentions are good.
0: Yeah. And I think, too, that's really what... Naomi's trying to do as well is, is try to make the best of a really bad situation for all parties involved, no matter what you do. It just so happens that the, the decision she made may not have been the best one that she thought it was going to be.
2: Yeah. Unforeseen but you, consequences.
3: But can you blame her? She's a belter. She wants to help the belt. Yeah, yeah. And this landed in her lap. You think of the politics and the cultural aspects of whatever. Yeah, of course you would give uh, you know the Portomodoco to Fred Johnson.
2: Yeah, I'm trying to think of it too through, like, what is just seen in the show. Because mm-hmm. I've, I mean, I've read most of the books. I haven't finished Persepolis Rising yet. Like I know Naomi's backstory now, and mm-hmm. so you see her do some of this stuff and I know they're kind of weaving the backstories through through the plot
3: like you kind
2: of got to meet Alex's family now Mm
3: -hmm. well
2: by proxy in his monologue and uh, so I think maybe kind of seems like she's trying to atone for something Mm -hmm. but doesn't quite know how to do it (laughs) (laughs) Because, yeah. yeah, I'm just waiting for that to come out, like, her whole her whole story, and I'm so excited. <laughs>
3: uh, uh, I like the word a "tone," but I was thinking more about buying a round of drinks than giving the, uh, the super weapon to your
2: side. So. Yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah, but, I mean, uh, that's what I would say, but I wasn't there, yeah. so I guess <laughs> just do you, Naomi. She, you're smarter than me, I guess. Okay.
0: You mentioned Alex earlier that we finally got to see uh, a little bit of his backstory, which has only really been talked about, you know, in terms of uh, non-novels. It's only yeah. really been talked about in the uh, Expanse Origins comic book. And it was, for me, Alex is one of my favorite characters. Like, he, he is my second favorite character behind Miller. And I've always just, I, I like, I've I've gotten this kind of attachment to him um, really since episode one. And it was really nice to see him have this moment of um, of fragility because, you know, he's really been, you know, a little shy and uh, sort of introverted at times. And to finally see him kind of open up a little bit and, and get this more vulnerable side of, of his character, Uh, It was really, really nice to see. And I think Cass Anvar really knocked it out of the park with that performance, too.
1: And uh, I actually spoke with him at WonderCon in Anaheim. And he's a lovely guy, by the way. He is amazing. He
2: is, like, the most personable, (laughs) sweetest, like... Yeah, anyone that comes up to him. He's just like, oh, hey, we're friends now. He's great. I
1: I got to tell him that he's my favorite character and uh, what aspects I related to. And he kind of gave me the little hint like, you know, we're going to see more of Alex's story come out, you know, this season. And right off the bat in in episode one of season three, we get that little moment where he's talking to his family. And I felt like that moment was so real because he didn't know what to say. He almost like tried to joke and then realize like no like I'm being a bad husband here. Uh, that mm-hmm. was such a touching moment for me. Like I I loved the way he played that moment and it was just like finally we're getting some some background on him. You know.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, women over Venus and uh, some people are from Mars. So.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Thanks, Joel.
2: Oh uh, well. Anytime. <laughs> one woman officially is <laughs> from Venus. <laughs> Fair enough. One woman is Venus. <laughs> <laughs> it's complicated.
0: So I want to switch away a little bit from um, you know our main cast here and and go to uh, everyone's favorite person in the room, Aaron Wright. Uh,
2: uh, uh, never mind. I thought you were going to say drummer.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, she, she's she's uh, she's the one that you like. Want to like everyone's maybe talk actual to favorite? But, yeah. <laughs> She's like the one you maybe want to talk to, but you might be a little afraid to go up to her and say hey, because she might, you know, oh, punch yeah. you in the mouth or something. <laughs> no, no, oh, I, yeah. I wouldn't be afraid. Uh, it
3: will be a nice, quiet evening drink in, in, in the back of the bar. Yeah, I'm there.
2: <laughs> I, she's the one I'm just like staring at from the other side of the bar all night. And she's definitely plotting my murder.
3: But. <laughs> uh, she's a, such a strong character, right? Because she's... <laughs> oh, God. She, she 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 has ethics. She has a morality. She because she's political, and she she has co- the courage of her conviction, and mm. she has strength. And she just wants to get the job done. Yep. Yet she's willing to actually listen a- a- and reason with other people to get to where she wants her results. Yeah. yeah. She wants bolster independence and a strong belt.
2: And she's so straightforward, which is refreshing. <laughs>
3: Talking about belts, um, let me have a sip here. No, okay.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm sorry, I distracted.
0: Uh well.
2: Everybody's, everybody's favorite.
0: See, so, yeah, Aaron Wright. Yeah, um, he, uh, he is. Well, he's quickly turning into the guy that everybody should hate, but they don't know enough to. Like, the audience obviously should just completely, you know, not like him because he's just being, again, a total dick. But everyone else, like, they know something's going on, but they don't know who's behind it. And he's just, I, I, I love the way he's written because he's almost like, to use a Star Wars reference, he's almost like Tarkin, where you really want to like him just because of his demeanor. But then you see what he's doing, and you're like, I can't like this guy. It's wrong to like this guy, but I secretly love him. <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh, I was just going to say, I have no problem not liking him. <laughs> I think it's great. Love not liking him, right? Which, no, I should say, uh, Sean Doyle plays mm-hmm, yeah. over right? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. he's doing great because I really don't like him. Fantastic.
1: (laughs) I'm going to say, by the way, that uh, I kind of disagree with Chris a little bit. I think he's more like Krennic because I I feel like uh, Tarkin is more stoic where Krennic is more emotional because there there was a bit of a breakdown for um, Aaron Wright um, in season two towards the end where he was going to apologize, talking to his kid. That whole thing, like like for me, that he's more Krennic, if anything, because he's he's a good puppet master, and it really showed in this episode. Like he's he's really pulling some strings for this one war that we're trying to find out this purpose for. But yeah, I think he's more Krennic.
3: Yeah, but that's a good point. But it's, it's it's interesting because what he's trying to do is not to gain more power; he's trying to keep power. So he's operating from this place of fear. He's afraid. And that's why he's doing the things he's yeah. doing right now. He's
2: trying to save himself.
3: Yeah, he ought to be space anytime soon.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, but he's he's you know, he's a great bad guy though. He he really is. He's really adding uh the touch of, you know, the the uh an antagonist that we need for this show. He's so good. Mm-hmm.
2: Oh yeah. Obviously there's 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 layers to it, but I just want to say uh, I hate them.
0: <laughs> I couldn't big tell. Hate. I think that's like the third time big, you big said hate. that. <laughs> so uh we would be uh remiss if we did not talk about what's going on on Mouse Ship with oh, Amos wow. and Bobby and you're going to have to tell me how to pronounce the other guy's name. C O T Y A R I don't know how to pronounce it. It's Qatar?
2: Qatar I don't know if it's Katya or like Kote. Oh my God. I don't know.
0: It's said
3: in the episode because, uh, and forgive me. I, I, I will butcher this name. I do have a bit of a speech impediment. Uh, Christian, Ebersarela, she asks, is Kote all right? When he, he goes on the drop ship, it's at the very end of the episode.
0: Oh okay. yeah, you're right.
3: So, cool. uh, yeah, and uh, and great. Th- that's one of my favorite characters in this episode, uh, played by Nick uh, Terabai. Terabai? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I Tirubi. love him. I-, I love the whole spy versus marine thing that's going on with Bobby. Uh, I love these <laughs> people.
1: I-, I like his mis- mystery uh, background though. Like we don't really know much about him, but how loyal he is to Avicerala. I thought he, he I stole thought- the show a little bit. Uh, aside for the the action going to Bobby, of course, but. You know his moment where he's negotiating, like, and she believes him. You know, I I thought that was such a good moment.
0: I really thought he is probably going to be more one of one of the underrated uh, characters overall, but definitely one of the more underrated characters of this episode because you know we're we're getting most of the the important moments away from that environment, but uh, the scenes that he's in. He makes a really, really good ke- like he has good chemistry between um him and Avasarala. and you know when you add Bobby in the mix, it just kind of they, they gel well for some reason, like on screen. like maybe their characters don't always you know get along, but um, but or they don't believable. always have the best decisions, but they have good on-screen chemistry.
1: yeah their comedic was- timing is is really good together. The, mm-hmm. the way they bicker is is perfect.
2: I was more excited. I have been in a while to see Bobby and Abbasarola together, Mm -hmm. finally, on screen. And then we brought in Codiar, and it's been unexpectedly, like, fantastic. They are like a wonder trio. I love them. They have Mm -hmm. brilliant chemistry, and they're hilarious even when they're not trying to be.
3: Mm Mm-hmm. Do you think Bobby is actually fired? <laughs>
2: she's she's just hanging around, doing it for fun now.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's just doing it for the experience. I get
2: it. Oh, yeah. Now Vasarela is just a hostage, I guess. <laughs> like,
0: You know what? I'm, I'm not- actually going to come in with an unpopular opinion that I, I assume you guys will not share. And probably most of our listeners will probably start yelling at, you know, the however they're listening to this. They'll probably start yelling at me for it. I really thought that Bobby got the shaft for this episode. Like, I, I, I don't think that she was, and, and maybe this is just part of the story and it really wasn't made for her, but I feel like she really wasn't get, given a whole lot to do. And I don't know, it really, it's not down to the way Frankie was acting, but it's it's more about the fact just, I don't know, so, something about her in this episode just, I don't know, it just didn't gel. Like, last season, she was knocking it out of the park week in, week out. But this time, it's just like, oh yeah, Bobby is just here. She wasn't really involved. And I, and I know she was involved because, you know, she had some really crucial moments. But I don't know, just, just something about her this, this episode just didn't ring well with me. I think it's an expectation game with Bobby. Uh, now we expect her
3: to perform. So even when she does her job, uh, it's just Bobby doing her thing. She's competent. Mm-hmm. Whereas last season, she was new and she was proving herself. So our expectations have changed.
1: Well, I think, does too, that make sense? Like, yeah, I think in a sense, like also that uh, Bobby is a Marine. So uh, and when Bobby kind of turns into like war, kind of that that war switch, she doesn't show much emotion you know what i mean it's not like when she's back on on the beach putting her feet in the sand so i I think it's more supposed to be kind of cold but i just i just thought she kicked ass like beating the crap out of everybody and i just wanted to throw in there too i like the design of the suit the way she kind of gets out of it that was kind of cool yeah
2: yeah that's what i was gonna say it's like i think it was kind of the environment that she was in like it was all business so you know she's just kind of it's all very short conversation or very short responses. And at times it's very vulgar, but I kind of love that we get to see this kind of side of Bobby where it's not just Marine or Martian cog. It's Bobby like in this whole new environment, but really, really kicking ass. And I love it. <laughs>
3: Hey, also, can we talk
2: sorry just also her in her like Goliath armor like crawling around on the outside of a ship
0: oh yeah that was really well done yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, but guys I think we're missing the most important hero of this episode not Bobby Uh-oh. but it's it's that guy on that yacht which Bobby actually co-opted <laughs> What's his name? Right, that,
2: that pilot, guy.
3: That the uh, engine. The guy who was in the hallway and got uh, you know, and got you know put in the locker.
1: The okay? electrician.
2: I know, identify with that guy because I remember that guy from the last last season when she ran into him and he was like, "They're not ever going to let me live it down if you know, like, if I let you through. Can you just rough me up a little?" And I was like, "Same, bro." <laughs>
3: Because he played a key role. I know. Yeah, see, let's raise our glasses and let's cherish that guy. Yeah, thanks, that guy.
1: Can we talk about the Razorback, by the way? Did you guys expect the design of that? I love it. (laughs) I like the cockpit. The cockpit was just... Fantastic, the way it's kind of suspended, I loved it. Mm-hmm. God, that was such a good scene, and Bobby piloting see Chris she kicked ass uh yeah, you know, kind of
0: that was a good scene that was, that was so like good when she kind of um, uh what's the word she uh something herself she redeemed herself, yeah, that's what I'm looking for
2: <laughs> I loved the design of the of the back. I don't know what I was expecting. I don't remember what I pictured in my head when I was reading it, even, because that's just what it is to me now. I like that it's small. It can only carry two people, because that makes sense. But that it's also like a rich person's racing ship, so it's ostentatious. Yeah. It's like huge crash couches, but (laughs) they're like spinning in just all different directions. Yeah, I mean, because mm-hmm. I
1: I, I like that it looked like a race ship. Like we don't know what the yeah. hell a race ship looks like, but that looks like a race ship to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I don't, I couldn't have imagined it any better, and so I just even the paint job was like that fire engine red with the yellow yeah. on there. It was gorgeous. It was beautiful. Mm-hmm.
2: I like yeah because like they describe it in the books as you know they don't just dis- they don't build ships for. Design they build it for function and in space you there's no need for aerodynamics really because there's no air so you just build like big ugly dumpsters and they fly just the same and i like it because that's definitely like a very very ostentatious like Rich person's ship because they're like, no, I want this to look nice, <laughs> so they're like, mm-hmm. I'm gonna make it look like an arrow, like a spearhead, and I also like the little they had like a little homage to uh to the Virgin's like DNA of flight on the side, so they had a bunch of different little space or flight craft up to the Razorback.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. I wonder on the Razorback, can you like, can you get like Spotify? Uh, is there like a on-call help button? It's only <laughs> Apple
1: Music, Joel. Only Apple Music. <laughs> right. Okay. You know, too. Like, uh, also the the writing and and the fact that like they had this plan. They're going to go to the ship, and it's only a two seater. I like that it wasn't a perfect plan. That was kind of cool.
0: Yeah. Uh, spe- speaking of the Razorback, um, one little detail I want to mention. Uh, this actually comes from from Bob Monroe, who is has been on the show before and is the um, like the head visual effects guy. He says, I'd like to point out that amongst the more obvious visual effects in The Expanse uh, episode, Season 3, Episode 1, the interior of the Razorback up to when Bobby and Ava get into the couches is a completely digital set created by the very talented Keyframe Digital. There's more of that in this show than you'll ever know. And I want to talk about effects here in a second because Joel mentioned something earlier at the beginning that I'm intrigued to get his opinion on. Um, but I like looking back, I saw the tweet and then I, I went back and saw the scene and it is just amazing. Like when you look at the, you know, the scene transitions and um, you know, the different angles of, of certain shots, you don't really get the sense that, okay, I mean, there are obvious ins- instances, you know, like if they're having a view from space. But when you're in this interior, it is so seamless the transition to me between the digital sets, like the just the blue screen, and the practical ones. Like the the interior of the Razorback was apparently all um, practical up until they're getting into it. But I just I, I find that fascinating, and I just think it's a little a neat little detail that kind of makes that whole sequence a lot better yeah
3: chris i think that's a very fair point and you're absolutely bang on i think the digital effects in terms of the scenes are amazing my comment was just simply on the outside of the yacht it kind of look not as well as not should but that i've seen in other tv shows and Of course, okay. I, I, I'm not an artist myself, and I can only try to comprehend what's the work involved in doing CGI. I, I, I'm just saying that as a casual observer, so uh, my 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 opinion is worth about probably about a cent and a half, same as two cents.
2: Worth. <laughs> not in my two cents. This is my uh, one and a half cents on this <laughs> subject. That's super impressive hmm i'm like if i watch this and then you told me it came off of sci-fi channel i would probably wouldn't believe you
1: yeah yeah i don't believe you still
2: i'd be like sharknado <laughs> sorry they have so much good stuff and i'm still just like sharknado
0: mm-hmm. joel I, th- I i'm trying to understand your point about the visual effects because <laughs> i, I- I remember back in season 2, uh I think it was around the time um it may have been when they were uh it might have been when Miller was with the when he had the bomb and uh he was you know lugging that around and he was like walking on the outside Sorry, um, bong?
1: Bong?
3: <laughs> bomb?
0: Bomb? Bomb. Oh,
3: Jesus,
1: Joel. Come on. <laughs> <laughs>
0: family friendly show John. <laughs> <y'all. laughs> um, but
2: yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. bobs much more friendly
0: <laughs> but when we get that outside space shot like obviously you're not filming it in space and obviously yeah. the effects you know could look better you're not going to make it perfect and it's not going to be movie quality because again this is television so i can, i can see something like that but i don't know i was just something about the tone of this episode like just the like the colors and the way everything blended together and just the visual look it looked more not fancy but it it just looked more crisp at times so i don't know maybe maybe i'm just like looking through um rose-colored lenses but yeah
1: no i think you might be onto something uh it might be you know sci-fi pumping more money into CGI uh, effects shots. Uh, but for me, I, I think we've come a long way, you know, for to use CGI in TV and it not look so like stick wire sticks and and just like, you know, plaster. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think it looks pretty good. I mean, I, I can see Joel's point like it, it wasn't as fluid and and maybe you can kind of see a little too sh- like sheen uh, on a shot because it didn't look real. Which, by the way, I'm still blown away. It's not real, Um, no. But I mean, we've come a long way, and it 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 still passes to me if you kind of like don't sit there and and try to judge it.
3: Just with me, I'm big into realism. That's kind of what I'm on about. So when I you know I'm enthralled by this drama that's going on in front of me, and then they cut away to an outside shot of Mao's yacht, and to me it looks like uh, a pretty fairly bad video game for a couple of seconds, and then we go back into the drama. That takes me out of the story. So the trick is to do CGI well enough where the viewer does say, hey, that's CGI. And that's a talent. And that takes a lot of work and effort and money. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, is that, you, of course, it's business decisions. It's creative decisions worrying where do we put the money. Yeah. And that's it. And, and, and ultimately, it's TV. It's a story. It still works. Yeah. yeah. I, still had, I still got my money's worth. That is true. <laughs> yeah.
1: And, which I mean, if I this, if off, this
0: was you know, a movie, it'd be a completely different story. But They got yeah, Joel's uh, one and a half cents get passes.
1: worth of money. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, what else do you guys want to want to talk about? I know this was kind of a, a packed uh, premiere. So, you know, nor- normally we'd have a, lo- a, a little less to talk about just because a lot of the times premiers are all about setup. But this one just. I don't know. It had a lot of, I think, intricate details. Yeah, but there were some than- s-
1: some details that were kind of far away, like the fact that war is going on and it didn't focus on that. It focused on the characters yeah. and in their moment. For me, that that's the real story of this this whole episode. I think any other show would have been like, that's a risk, you know, or at least maybe cut some shots of the the war. All we got was computer graphics of it you know, from them watching it from screens, but we didn't see what what's going on. Them shooting each other down. I like that. And I like that. We just focus on the characters because it makes us feel like we're in that tin can with them. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah.
2: I like it because I feel like it gives us kind of a feeling of space and just grand space. That is hard to convey on a medium like television where this war is happening but it is happening so so far away like even at however fast they can travel without like pulping their bones it is months away from where they are so it's there but even so it's not something that is an immediate danger to them so they're mm-hmm. still working all their stuff out and it's a weird sort of dissonance they're like this is a very big problem but also
1: they got it's very world.
2: far away yeah.
1: mm-hmm. you know this is the first show slash even movie that i've ever felt like they get the vastness of space correct like I really feel that like almost every episode and it sometimes gives me a panic attack you know it makes me feel claustrophobic yep. and they do it so well they,
3: they really go the distance
2: that was one of my favorite things about about this series when I started reading it and then eventually when I started watching it is just how well they captured how big space is and how small we are and mm-hmm. how hard and just difficult and dirty and like terrible <laughs> it's going to be to try and make it work.
0: Yeah. Well, that's just like one of the final scenes of this episode was, um, Bobby and Avisarala you know, going off in the Razorback and Bobby had a great line, um, about, uh, something like, I can't remember the exact line, something, uh, about you you know what i'm talking about laura.
2: uh-huh yeah
0: but i can't remember the exact line and i don't want to butcher it let him struggle
2: <laughs> I, I know i know i kind of want to what was it i don't uh, remember
0: i it's i Bitch. i don't i don't
2: <laughs>
0: i don't Just put the, put him out of his misery go ahead laura
2: <laughs> die hit your tits and fuck her up. It's time to peel the paint.
0: <laughs> there you go. See, yep. I, I knew that's like it was the general idea, but I couldn't remember the whole the whole line. So I'm, I'm glad you were there to save me for that.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, no problem. I'll watch, watch you suffer a little bit, though. <laughs>
0: um, but whenever they have, you know, that scene, you know, you're thinking of, when you think of a racing ship, you're going to think, okay, it's going to go fast. And we're going to like speed on out of here. But then when you think about it, like space is just so big. Like, you know, it's easy for us to say, oh yeah, we can go from here to the end of the road. But when you talk about space and you talk about something that big and that fast, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's hard as someone obviously who has not been to space. It's hard to wrap your head around it. But I think this show continues to to you know do that really well it, it it conveys a certain meaning um without you know trying to um falsify realism if that makes any bit of sense
1: yeah they're not quoting oh, yeah. everything in miles like we don't need that you know uh, mm-hmm. it's just all in the visual and how they're traveling and how stressed they look the the makeup uh, crew that takes care of these actors does a well job that i just feel like this is so real you know what i mean like i, I just yeah i'm so impressed by this show and I, I i love that laura brought that up because that was the first thing i noticed about the show is just the vastness of space and it feels real without them kind of forcing it in, in your in your face
0: yeah
2: i recently watched the first episode of season one and then you see it throughout where they just kind of lay down little just little sun bits here and there where they'll mention it where uh what's her name Ade mentions that it'll take two hours to fly tea kettle to uh to the asteroid that they had flown to. Mm-hmm. So without the fusion drive or whatever, it'll just take them two hours to get from like a very, very small space. From, like, they flew all the way to this asteroid, and it still takes them two hours to go from the ship to the asteroid, Mm -hmm. technically, to make that distance, even. And then mentioning, you hear them mention other distance, or other times, even, because you don't even mention it, or measure it, excuse me, in distance anymore. It's just time, how long it takes you.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have to correct Ernie. Ernie, sir, it's not miles. Everything's in metric.
1: Oh, I forgot. Yeah, the the world doesn't revolve around the U.S. <laughs> oh, I'm <America>. sorry. <laughs> Moving on. No, that's a good one, man. I like it. Cheers.
2: This is space, America. <laughs> okay.
3: I do have a thing about this this episode, and uh, let me tell like tell me what you guys think. Okay. So you have uh, again. I'm going to butcher her name. Aber Sorala.
2: She made, yep.
3: yeah she made the political decision to go to go meet Julia Mao on his yacht right yes. was that a mistake because obviously it just because of the grace of god or just by pure blind luck that she got what she needed to save her and uh, a political career but she risked everything and almost died almost got her security crew died uh, t- t- um, killed as well that's why I love about this show. It, it, it's these calculations on the political world, as well as the warfare stuff that's happening in the background. Yeah.
1: Well, that Thank moment, too, was so genuine in the sense that, like, uh, had, um, God, I'm blanking out on his name, uh, Aaron Wright uh, not interrupted, that meeting would have gone differently, and their fates would have been different. So the fact that, you know, he came back and on screen and threatened and, that was such a good moment because now you have to like make decisions in, in the heat of the moment and fly by the seat of your pants. It was, it was pretty cool to, to see that kind of just that dream get smashed and, and it, more information for her not to be revealed. Mm-hmm.
0: I don't know, Joel. I mean, when you think about uh, where, where would she be? Had she not gone up to the gone up to the ship? I mean, I don't know. H- had she not gone then, you know, other things probably would have went differently and um I don't know without really knowing that it's kind of hard to hard to ask but I don't know d- decisions are, are is something that I think was uh looking back is something that really drive this episode because you have Naomi's decision, you have what ended up being uh Avastrala's decision. Um now she's going with Bobby to I mean who knows where at this point. So then you have the, uh, Holden's decision and the rest of the crew to, uh, you know, do what they're doing. And I mean, that really just drives this episode of, of people making difficult decisions. And, you know, I guess the rest of the season, since this is episode one, is going to be how they, how they handle that.
1: Yeah. is very the cool. Show. The, the episode theme was definitely decisions. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Fight or flight. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Because that, that is a decision you have to make. So, full circle, guys. Full circle.
2: Yeah, theme is uh, bad decisions. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not the just this episode. Just like in general. Mm-hmm. Just oops. <laughs>
0: That's just the theme yeah, of the show. Could, yeah, this it could be the subtitle of the of uh, the show. The expanse. Oops. Oops. <laughs>
2: I was trying to I was trying so hard once to do a like a Dr. Seuss parody or something make a cover and be Dr. Seuss's version of The Expanse and be called uh, Holden starts a war. <laughs> <laughs> So that's just all he does now let's just start yeah, well that's... no not now mostly they in the beginning <laughs> just oops I started a war again it's whoops. like
1: uh, <laughs> the office like Ryan y'all are started mad at
2: Naomi but you forget that Holden's just over here like whoops I started a war
0: yeah
2: <laughs> oopsie <laughs> <laughs> my bad
0: hey it could be a lot worse I guess I mean
2: <laughs> oops a whole a whole war. Yeah, <laughs> the whole solar system. My bad.
0: Uh, it's actually I'm gonna steal one of your tweets, Laura. Uh, but <laughs> you put uh, at the, when we um, were doing the live tweeting, uh, you said previously on the expanse we <laughs> f- up,
2: <laughs>
3: and that
0: that's yeah. just sums everything up.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah. I was like, that's what I thought of immediately, but I was like, oops, nope. Almost another oops. <laughs> Gotta stop those swears. I got lots of them. For Aaron, right.
0: Oh, I'm I'm sure that this definitely won't be the last time we talk about him. I'm sure. He'll <sighs> he'll get his moment to shine. Yeah. Or rot. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well with that being said, I, I kinda wanna uh, give just our our final closing thoughts on on where we're at. I know, um, again, this is just episode one of the season. We've got I don't know, probably like twelve or so more to go. So, lots of things to look forward to. Any any final thoughts from you guys?
3: Support the Canadian film business.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's filmed in, at whatever they
3: call filming nowadays in Toronto. Just to let you know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> No, I loved it. I love the series, and I can't wait to see the rest of the season.
2: Um, I wanted to point out again because I'm obsessed with it, because it was right in the beginning, and I just rewatched it, um, The Arbogast, because I'm still obsessed from a year ago when I watched oh, yeah. it. When you watch it right in the beginning, you literally see it right down to one screw and then like a washer mm-hmm. and like a nut. <laughs> just completely undone so i just want to shout out the um, visual effects crew for that because it literally made my scalp tingle (laughs) and uh, my second thing i want to say is oops
0: yep oops yeah and what about you i think
1: uh what a way to begin a season and it only makes me anticipate the next episode but the scary awesome thought about this episode is that this season is apparently going to get better and better and better. So for me, I'm like, oh, my God, if this is the way it started, I am going to be the biggest fanboy watching these episodes and probably wake up my wife and kid when they are napping, if you can't hear them in the background. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I think just that thought and the way Cass was talking to me about how this season is going to show more. Uh, backstory. I'm just so excited, and this episode was just a good way to start. Amazing way to start, in fact.
0: Yep. I couldn't have said it better myself. So next time on The Expanse, uh, we're going to be discussing Season 3, Episode 2, titled IFF. I don't know what that stands for, but I assume we'll get some answers for that.
2: Identify Friend Foe. Oh, you know, okay. That one from video games.
0: Okay. Well, hey. Take that for. <laughs>
2: dad.
1: <laughs> I was gonna say it was just uh in fight or flight again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh closing remarks here. Uh you can follow us on Twitter at Crash Couch. Um my Twitter is at the curse of Chris. Laura, what is your Twitter?
2: I'm looking it up right now. I don't ever remember.
0: It's, it's Laura, your name with a lot of H's. I know that. Yeah,
2: it's Laura <laughs> at Laura with L A U R A A A H H H H. I regret that. Uh, <laughs> this is the second time. The first time. The first. What's <laughs> the first time I was on this podcast and had to try and figure it out?
3: Joel, what about you? Well, first thing, I just want to try to understand this better. Do you guys put the emphasis more on the crash or the couch?
0: Oh, I always say the crash couch. Okay, just but it, just checking. It probably yeah. should be the crash couch. Oh, okay, crash couch. I
3: don't know. <laughs> okay, there you go. Uh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter. Uh, my first name Joel J O E L underscore. My last name's Welch W E L C H. So Joel underscore Welch, just like the grape juice. Thanks, guys. And Ernie,
0: what about you?
1: uh yeah this is kind of long-winded and i don't have a bunch of h's but uh (laughs) you can follow me on my other shows i do when nerds attack when nerds attack reviews and the retro convo all on when nerds attack podcast network and you can also follow me on social media on instagram twitter and youtube i do have my own youtube channel your buddy ernie
0: I, I want to give uh, Joel the the fair attention that he deserves. Again, his podcast no, is called the Sci-Fi no, Pubcast. No. Just kidding. Sorry, Joel. Good.
3: <laughs> well, thanks. Thanks. Yeah. Hey, uh, don't tell my uh, Derek or uh, Carrie or, or anyone like that or Randall. But yeah, yeah, come stop by. Uh, uh, you know, pull up a, a stool and
0: give it a listen. Which you can find coincidentally on the same network as the Crash Couch when Nerds Attack. What is the uh, Twitter handle for the? When nerds Attack Podcast it's Network. Nerds
1: learning. Nerds Attack Pods, and uh, also nerds the, nerds. we also do have a Win Nerds Attack uh, Twitter handle for the website as well,
0: and that is um, uh, SDCC Nerds Tag. Right?
1: That is correct. That's,
0: yes. Okay. And of course, WinNerdsAttack Gotta gotta promote that as well. All right. So uh, that's going to do it for this episode of the crash couch i'm so happy that this show is back it's it's so so good to have it um
2: so glad there's context to my wednesday night screaming
0: yeah you're not and you're not tweeting about it alone anymore laura
2: (laughs) yeah just like why is she shouting about spaceships (laughs) now oh oh okay okay that makes sense
0: all right so uh that's gonna do it again for this episode maybe next time we'll have uh couple other special guests join us so uh until then have a great night everybody and uh, we'll talk to you later bye guys
2: good night
1: farewell